Hi, I'm Emily and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, and thanks, Rosha, for asking me to share on my birthday. <laughs> um, I'm 51 today. And um, my birthday is also my abstinence anniversary. So today I have 15 years of abstinence. Um, <clears throat> and I was trying to think of what to share. Um, and I ended up on the OA World Service page on Facebook. Um, and I found a letter from July of uh, this summer um, from OA Board of Trustees. And um, I was thinking about like what, so I started in this program in 2005, um, it was about 18 years ago. And I was trying to think of like, what have I learned? Like little tiny snapshot of what I've learned. Um, what is my experience, strength and hope? And, um, and a couple of things came to mind. One, I've learned that um, I can't do this alone. Just, I can't. Um, the second thing I've learned is that <clears throat> when I do service, I benefit. Um, both of those things tell me that um, community is what's going to save me um, and what continues to save me. Um, and, and so I sought out our broader community and, um, and I found a letter that I had never seen and I thought I would be of service to share this letter with you and with anybody who happens to listen to the podcast, um, the title of the letter, the heading is, what is an outside issue? Are we being open-minded in our meetings? Beloved members, groups, and service bodies of Overeaters Anonymous, we all come from different backgrounds and experiences. The OA program is for everyone with a desire to stop eating compulsively. We're meant to be inclusive and welcoming to all. A subcommittee of the Unity with Diversity Conference Committee has been in contact with some members of specific focus groups, including BIPOC, LGBTQIA+, and health issues, and has found that despite all previous statements on inclusivity, there are still members who don't feel safe or included. The subcommittee was distressed to hear that some OA members when sharing their life realities were told that their life experiences were considered outside issues and were shut down. How will we ensure that everyone is included? The Unity with Diversity Committee's primary concern is that all OA members in all meetings feel safe while sharing their experience, strength, and hope, and are not told that their share is an outside issue. Everyone needs to be able to share at meetings about factors in their lives that could cause them to act out with food. 
The Unity with Diversity Committee is discouraged that efforts to date have not brought about sufficient change. It is an urgent matter that people are not silenced at OA meetings. Action is required from the Board of Trustees and the whole fellowship to create a safe space for all to share. Respectfully, OA Board of Trustees and Unity with Diversity Conference Committee. Um, so I read that letter and I thought of myself um, and my experience in OA in this meeting in particular um, and in the broader world that I live in. And um, I, like I said, joined this meeting um, in 2005. Um, I was in my 30s. Um, I, on paper, looked like things were okay. I had a good career. I had good friends. Um, and uh, I was financially stable. Um, and I was totally miserable. And um, felt deeply uh, alone. And and I came to OA. That's the first five. Thanks. Emily. Um, and I came to OA with um, distrust of religion, uh, distrust of people asking me to money and asking me for money be to help me live my life better um, and distrust of uh, kind of intimacy in general. And um, I, I will say this, I don't believe in a God that like I can have a chat with. Um, and uh, I think that sounds awesome. And people who have that, that is awesome. Like uh, I'm a little jealous. Um, and I don't honestly even believe in a God that's looking out for me in particular. Um, I do believe in something way bigger than myself that's been around longer than I have. And I don't know what that is. Um, like, uh, maybe it's ancestors, maybe it's fate. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but whatever, for whatever reason, whoever was looking out for me, I walked into the St. John's meeting in Berkeley on a Saturday morning at 830 in the morning. And there are a lot of Jews in the room. And I thought, oh, I guess it's okay not to be Christian here. And that was um, fate stepping in or somebody stepping in and saying like, it's okay, it's safe for you to be here, Emily. Um, because one part of your identity is, uh, is, is safe here. Now, it is not the only part of my identity. I am um, uh, not just Jewish, I'm also black, um, I'm also a woman, 
Um, and uh, I happen to be someone who grew up in um, a household as a child of an illegal immigrant or undocumented immigrant. Um, and uh, really close to the poverty line, um, violence, mental illness, addiction. Uh, it was pretty shitty. Um, and, um, and I lived in a city where, um, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say all of those factors created a little kid who, um, was dismayed. Uh, like why, why was it so crummy in my house? When I watch TV, it wasn't crummy in those people's houses. Um, and I grew up in a city in Southern California, beach town. And, um, and I feel like where I grew up supplied the answers for me. Well, I was too fat. I was too black. I was too Jewish. I was too smart. Um, I was too much of a girl. I was not enough of a girl. Um, and uh, I was certainly too loud. And so I guess, so those were lessons I learned. It's not safe to be who you are and people really don't wanna be who you are. Um, so it made a big it made a big difference that when I walked into the room um, where I was really, the thing I knew about 12 step is that somebody was gonna God at me. And, um, and so it really made a difference that there were some Jews in the room. There weren't any black people and there weren't many fat people. Um, there are a lot of smart folks. I will say that part of my identity was echoed. Um, but I was really desperate and uh, people were nice. And so I came back the next week. And um, and I will say that in these, you know, 18 years, I really have learned that I have That's more in common. Thank you. Um, that I have more in common with folks who are different than me than less. And that's a powerful thing to learn. Um, but one of the things that has caused me a lot of pain and folks who were here last week um, uh, heard a speaker talk about the role of white supremacy in their recovery. Um, one of the things that has caused me a lot of pain in this program is um, the echoing that I got in the place where I grew up that I'm still uh, not what people want to be. Uh, 
when people sometimes, I will say this doesn't happen very often in this meeting, which is why this is the meeting I go to, but I'm very scared of going to other meetings because I get hurt. Um, but when people qualify to say, you know, I was this enormous amount of pounds and now I am this less amount of pounds. Um, what that says to me is, oh, they used to be like you. And now they've solved that issue. And now they're not like you anymore. They're so happy that God helped them be not like you. Um, and that sucks. It sucks that in the place where I feel most accepted and most safe to be myself, um, there is this overriding sense that who I am is what other people uh, have nightmares of becoming. And like in the letter that I just read, we're here to stop compulsively overeating. That That's the thing that brings us together. And for me, for 15 years, I've abstained from purging, binging, and unplanned sugar. I haven't planned the sugar, so either planned or unplanned. Um, and, uh, and I thought that that would take away all the weight. Um, that hasn't been the case. And, um, and my life is tremendously better because by not partaking in behaviors that make me feel terrible, I feel better, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, that seems like straightforward, right? Like, um, Binging, I never felt good afterward. I always felt terrible. I felt terrible about myself. I felt, felt physically terrible. Purging was terribly scary. It was really scary. And I felt so ashamed. It was gross. Like, I was really grossed out by it. And I really didn't want anyone to know. Um... To be relieved of just those two behaviors for 15 years, that's a miracle, right? Like I feel, you know, every day I do feel like, thank God I don't do that. Um, and I'm so grateful to be in a program that helps me abstain from those things. The sugar thing is, you know, um, my husband, I don't said at one point and I'm sure he heard it somewhere else I don't know he's brilliant so maybe he made it up himself but he said I'm allergic to sugar when I eat it I break out in more that is true for me it's not my number one thing um but there there's something chemically that happens with me and uh, remarkably with most of the nation but anyway, um, that when I take in a lot of that particular substance, it changes how I feel. 
And then I want to change how I feel more and more and more. So like, I just don't go for that kind of um, high glycemic. Uh, you have five left. Thank you. Um, anymore. Um, and uh, so what's my point? Um, my point is, is that I want it to be safe for people like me here. Um, and, and I mean that uh, more broadly. Um, and I want us to think about, and I want me to remember to notice when I let the messages uh, that I'm too fat, too black, too much of a girl, too loud, too smart, for my own good, um, that those messages are actually based on white supremacism, patriarchy, oh, and that I don't have enough, right? That's the other one, I don't have enough. Um, capitalism, uh, like those are, those are, oh, and that the fact that I'm sick, I have chronic illness, um, ableism, right? There's all these isms that that um, are designed to make me feel bad. Like that's why they exist. They're designed to lift some people up and push other people down. That's what those systems are about. And um, and I want to live in a world where. I'm connected and we all do stuff to lift one another up. And I feel like those values are echoed in the primary directive of this program and get misused or, or, or missed in the way we talk to one another and to ourselves and me to myself in particular. Um, I live in this body today um, and it does not work exactly how I want it to work. Um, it's really hard to be in physical pain and be joyous at the same time. Um, and I want to be present and I want to love myself so I can love you. Um, I want to nourish myself. And I, and I don't want to intentionally inflict pain on me or anyone else. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do. And that's that's my hope for all of us is that, um, and I guess I'll wrap up and um, is that like whatever, I'm really, I'm trying really hard. I'm in therapy. I'm trying really hard 
remember that I'm enough. To fight the shame of not being perfect. To cut myself a little bit of slack. Um, so there's space to feel serene. Uh, and to have fun. Because I, I do think joy is awesome. <laughs> um so uh, thanks for letting me share and um thanks for showing up today and reminding me that I'm not alone and um and that doing service uh makes me connected to really beautiful people who want goodness in the world thanks. and that's time <laughs>